Welcome. We are at DC Beer. DCBeer.com. You know what to do. Jordan Harvey. What are you drinking this lovely, not at all wet, rainy evening? Well, you know, I thought I would just start the new year off kind of how I ended the last year. So uh, just having a wonderful, tasty fourth anniversary other half beer. They've uh, they've been releasing a lot of their other half anniversary hazies over the past uh, several weeks, and they have been wetting my whistle, if you will. So uh, enjoying that and uh, making 2024 as filled with hops as uh, 2023 was. Mr. Stein, what's in your Stein tonight? I'm enjoying Bristol Export Ale, which is a beer I brewed with Fabio Garcia, Dynasty Brewing Company. Uh, we brewed it for Mount Vernon, and we threw a ton of hops. We threw hops in the kettle. We threw hops in the hop back. We dry hopped the beer, but the beer is so malty, and we use so much malt that the hops are just disappearing and losing to the malt, which is in fact, a good thing because the malt is doing this wonderful, like, cavassier, brandy, figgy, stone fruit thing. And it's just, it's really hitting. Jake, what are you hitting on this evening? Um, I am going to go even higher gravity. I had a Wild East dark mild earlier while I was Ooh. making dinner. But having eaten, digested dinner, I figured it's time to move the heavier stuff. I have here um, 1-8 Distillings Untitled Whiskey number 13. It is a uh, sourced, although I don't know from where, it's a high rye bourbon. It's been aged in sherry and perhaps also cognac casks. Mm. And so, you know, rye gives you like a little kind of peppery snap, a little bit of dill, baking spice. And then um, you want to hit it um, with those sweeter notes um, to kind of balance things out. But yeah, 10 years old, nice. You get a little bit of that oak. You still get like that nice kind of like damp green character. Um, it sucks that 1.8 isn't around anymore, um, but it's yeah. good that I have these bottles. Um, so thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Alex, um, the distiller over there. Um, good, good times. All right. We've got a couple events coming up. And Mike, I believe yours is happening. January 18th. There we so go. Thursday, January 18th, we are doing a panel discussion on reviving historic beer. Um, we're calling the panel Mount Vernon's Dynasty. And the reason we're calling it that is because we have Steve Bayshore from Mount Vernon, who is the distiller at Mount Vernon. And we have Fabio Garcia, who's the owner and head brewer at Dynasty. And at Church Key, we're going to be discussing the styles that Fabio and I have been brewing um, Fabio brewed the majority of the beer, but we have one style that I love is Bristol Export Ale. And I've been DMing and emailing all my English, Irish, and Scottish friends like, hey, have you had Bristol Export? And they're like, Stein, what are you talking about? So I'm looking forward to having a bunch of people on 14th Street ask me, what are you talking about? But I think before the 18th, we've got a really exciting event coming up, Jake, on the 13th. Is that right? That is correct. Not Friday the 13th, but Saturday the 13th over at Other Half. And this is part of the Women's Brew Culture Club. Shout out to Brandy um, under the weather. Hopefully better by then. We it's love you, a, Brandy. Yeah. Yeah. Beer attribute sensory tasting. And so it's a ticketed event and is designed and 
we're going to say this. This is wild and crazy. Some beers are going to be dosed and spiked with off flavors. And then Matt Splain, friend of the site, other half GM, <laughs> is going to lead this guided tasting and learning experience. And so we'll geek out, detect, oh, hey, why does this beer taste a little bit off? What's a little bit of the chemistry behind that? Why does this beer taste a little bit like butter? Which, speaking of Bristol Export Ale, that would be fine by me in a Bristol Export <laughs> Ale. Um, probably less so in a hazy IPA, for right. example. Would agree um, with that, yeah. Yeah. But it, again, Saturday the 13th at other half, details, dcbeer.com, and tickets to the Dynasty event at Church Key. Also, that information is dcbeer.com access to our events page those are the two big january events except for we've got one more the biggest bestest january event is coming up two bucks for emphasis lou lets you know (laughs) that we're being serious here we brewed a beer at dynasty with strange fruit brewing i'm here with austin eason and justin brody from strange fruit brewing welcome back to the show Last we were here chatting about six, seven months ago, you all had brewed an IPA over at DC Brow, and it was available at mile 20 in Herndon. What's changed since then? <laughs> um, where to start? Um, a lot has changed, I guess. We've since released another beer, uh, German Pilsner, and we're in about almost 40 places now. So we've uh, we've been making some moves throughout the summer and uh, on into the winter. Um, and one of those big places uh, is Total Wine. I know we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but yes, we are available at a lot more places than Mile 20. Our beer is still available there. Uh, there's still huge supporters and everything of us there. And uh, still appreciate it. But uh, yes, made a lot of progress. You are licensed not just to brew beer under contract at various facilities, you're looking for a tap room at some point, but you're also a distribution company and you can sell in both DC and Virginia. How'd you go from one place in Herndon, shouts to mile 20, to 40? What's the secret? Man, I mean, there's a lot of things, but um, I mean, Justin can probably attest to this more than I can uh, since he's boots on the ground, but you know, a lot of it is you know support from the folks that we have in the area um you know i although i'm on the west coast i i'm from the east coast i have a ton of friends that are still out there and they all came to the party they're really excited to support us justin you know has lived there his entire life and has a ton of support and so i think for us it's um wanting to get more beer into people's hands and you know from the get-go once we pivoted away from having a brick and mortar location we knew that okay we have the support locally but how do we get more beer in more people's hands and, and accomplish the mission that we, you know, have set out to do? So, um, Justin, I know you have a lot more context to add there. Just to piggyback on that, um, a lot of it's come from uh, relationships, uh, working in the brewery industry, um, having some friends at Bartend uh, that are that has just made, you know, straight introductions and stuff for us. Uh, some of it has been us just dropping off samples, following up. You know, things like that, but uh it's everything's been well received. And um, you know, there's been a few places that are saying, you know, hey, why don't you go across the street? I know those guys like to support 
craft breweries um and <clears throat> you know so they would you know definitely want to pick your product up so a lot of it's been word of mouth uh some of it's been just strapping the boots up in the grassroots campaign just dropping samples off and following up so cool all right can you say a little bit more about total wine because that is a very large account you know it's yeah. it's one thing to be at mile 20 it's one thing to be at dominion department of beer and wine um but total wine large chain many locations yeah, that was uh, definitely huge for us. And uh, that relationship kind of came about. Uh, we were doing a tasting at Barrow and Bushel. And um, a lady came and uh, tried our subtle nod. And she really liked it. And she worked for Total Wine out of Maryland. We exchanged email addresses, uh, shot a couple emails back and forth. And she put me right in contact with the people to get us to the door. So right now we're in all 11 locations in Northern Virginia, all the way from Gainesville, all the way down to Arlington. Uh, we'll be up in Virginia Beach, Richmond, Williamsburg, Portsmouth, Petersburg, all that stuff uh, over the next couple weeks. Um, so this has definitely been a huge account for us. They um, they kind of cleaned out our cleaned out our cold box. Uh, so total wine, uh, eleven locations all around Northern Virginia. You can order for delivery or for pickup. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can get some more beers in the door. We'll be doing some tastings and stuff over the next few weeks and throughout the uh, throughout the year with our beers. So you guys can check um, our social media accounts and everything for those. Excellent. And so that's Strange Fruit Brewing. Check their social media. So have you all had to scale up a bit in terms of brewing? If Total Wine has come knocking, um, you brewing more and larger batches in the area? Great question. Uh, we were just talking about that earlier today. Uh, we were talking about, you know, the partnerships that we have with, you know, the, the mile 20s of the world and all the way up to Total Wine. And um, there are a couple other things that we have in the works. And so we, you know, kind of come back with one another and, and decided that there there is a need for us to uh, have a faster brewing schedule because we do need to keep up with demand from our larger partners who we hope uh, decide to take, you know, have larger orders. And we were confident that will be the case. So we need to be able to meet that demand with the supply. And so uh, brewing more at a larger scale is is what we're going into 2024 thinking about uh, pretty heavily. Uh, and we'll take action on here in the next couple of weeks, actually. It's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. And uh, we're just rolling with the punches. And uh, our beer has been Really successful. Uh, the demand's been really high, so now we just have to meet that with the supply. So speaking of supply, we, as in DC Beer and you, Strange Fruit, have a collaboration coming out. Yes, yes. Very, Very excited for this. You want to tell the good folks at home a little bit more about this? How it how it came to be? Yeah, so um, I was just hanging out. Um, I think it was around Thanksgiving and Mr. Stein uh, shot myself and Dynasty an email and just told us about how you guys used to brew um, beers and do collaborations and everything pre-pandemic. And you guys were looking forward to getting kind of back to that. And uh, we shot some ideas back and forth. We met up at Dynasty, chopped it up with Fabio, sampled a lot of beers and uh, kind of, you know, decided like, yes, this could definitely be a partnership that we want to uh, move forward with on both ends. Uh, you guys have supported the hell out of us over the last six months that we've 
been a company. But yeah, no. So we we sat down, we talked about a couple beers. We decided to go ahead and move forward with it. Uh naturally we wanted to work with Dynasty on that because I know that you guys have a really good relationship. Fabio's a legend um in the brewing community around here. So Your favorite brewer's favorite brewer. Yes, yes. So it it, it was uh, it was great to be able to work with him uh, on this. Um so that was really cool. I met Fabio for the first time at Beltway. Um so for the relationship to kind of come full circle, that was pretty cool. Um so yeah, you know, we talked about it, decided on the beer, started talking about some names. Um you know, got down with the label and everything which is just now finishing up and I uh, can't wait to show that to people. And um yeah, we brewed a pretty Pretty good beer for you guys, and we can't wait to release it. So the release is going to be the last weekend in January at Dynasty. Details over the Strange Fruit Socials, the DC Beer Socials as well. It's going to be a pale ale, and it's going to have a little bit of haze to it. How did you all decide? Like, well, you know, we've done this hazy IPA. It comes in north of 7%. That's about where you see the hazies these days. Then you went a little bit lower, German pills, four and a half, five percent maybe it's just north of five. And all right, where does the hazy pale fit in for Strange Fruit? Honestly, when we first started the company, you know, we had a, a pretty extensive list of beers that we wanted to brew. And, you know, Justin and I are fans of all styles, but, you know, we wanted to brew something that, you know, is approachable for people who may not love IPAs and want something lower ABV and, you know, something that has, you know, some good flavor and has some, some more depth to it than, you know, what some other beers out there might have. Um, and so a hazy pale ale was, you know, in the top three of our list, it went IPA to make a, a splash, then Pilsner, and then now a hazy pale ale. You know, I personally have always been a fan of hazy pale ale. Sometimes I don't, I don't want to drink a, you know, six and a half to seven and a half percent beer, but I want, a lot of that that flavor and and um, you know no I can have two or three and still be good instead of on my ass um, <laughs> but, um, so uh, that was kind of where where things started and you know, I, we think it made sense to not only you know have this be the first one that we do with with DC beer but also to to add in our our future arsenal Justin your thoughts on all of this in terms of like where you all are as a brand like did the IPA did the pills to me a pale ale kind of hits that sweet spot you keep it like you know at just under six and as austin said something you could have two maybe on a weekend three of well yeah kind of like uh austin said um it was kind of like naturally next in our line of beers that we wanted to release uh we released subtle nod um that was a the hazy ipa and but we brewed that to kind of straddle that line between a pale ale and an IPA. So for people who like to say, you know, they don't like really danky beers, bitter beers, we kind of brewed that to introduce that to the market as something that's more subtle, no pun intended. And um, then our next beer, the German Pilsner, we kind of wanted to cover all of our bases for the people who don't really like hops at all. So the light beer drinkers, the the Coors Originals, I want to be careful on what beers I compare this to because definitely more flavorful. Um but uh, but yeah, but so we thought that the pale ale uh, was next to go back kind of to that hoppy side and um, fully show that we can uh, we do have some versatility and stuff in our arsenal and that we're able to brew a variety of different styles. So um, the pale ale 
that also being Austin's favorite style of beer, uh, that was naturally next for us to do. I want to pick up on something that you just mentioned with regards to dankness, because I know that when it came time to, for hop selection, this was the topic of some discussion. When I'm drinking a pale ale, as opposed to an IPA, I'm looking for probably a lot less dankness. And that when it comes to an IPA, yeah, absolutely. People famously say that like Bella's Hop Slam tastes like a cat, like, you know, pissed on your <laughs> Christmas tree because like it's got these like weird, piney, <laughs> catty, danky notes. Um, I think of like the old DC Brow Corruption where it's like it feels like kind of like you're mowing the lawn while also smoking a joint. Yep. And yeah, and so the pale ales are not like that. Like it's very rare that you would come across like a 6%, 5.5% dank pale ale well i feel like that's kind of where pale ale started though if you in my opinion like when you think of kind of like sierra nevada things like that those mainstream beers that were pale ales that kind of again straddled that ipa ish line um but yes no we wanted we wanted to cater and we're really trying to show people that beer has depth and when it comes to beer it's like everything else there's different styles there's um, we have, you know, East Coast IPAs, you have West Coast IPAs. The West Coast IPAs are the ones that people tend to say, yeah, I don't like it. It's too bitter, too danky, too hoppy. Um, so we want to show people that there's an entire other side to that. And uh, no offense with Austin being on the West Coast, but we on the East Coast, we like our beers a little bit more tropical, a little bit more fruity, a little bit more, um, you know, less hoppy. So. Again, that's what we wanted hey. to show with the parallel. <laughs> we do too out here. Just because it's called a West Coast IPA doesn't mean everybody likes to drink it. You know, well, that's <laughs> true. It originated over right. there. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. They have I mean, some like, great hazies out there too. Austin sent me some pretty good shit from out there too. Yeah. I mean, like, and like one there. of my favorite hazy pale ales comes from um, Radiant out in Orange County. Um, a bunch of brewers, um, ex brewery. Um, do a hazy pale ale comes in at about five and a half percent hazy not dank but like the malt and like the structure is there in a way um, it's got a little bit more to it than um, some of your other hazy IPAs where it's like you've got like just enough malt just enough of that bread toast where then like you can hit with a bunch of hops to me pale ale like you said a little bit like a little bit more structure and depth complexity to it you can kind of go back yep. and forth there yep and it's uh yeah I mean, we definitely want to be able to flex that and show that and uh i think the hot variety we use uh people are going to be very happy with it uh they're pretty well known when it comes to uh that hazy east coast style yeah i thought we did a really a real nice job with southern southern hemisphere hops a couple classics in there too because you got to mm-hmm. have them yeah but I was like, yeah, going going through the hops was very interesting. I think that we were we all just kind of immediately figured out, all right, this is what we want. This is what we don't. Yep, exactly. I mean, because when it yeah. comes to those things, there's certain hops that, I mean, you know, when it comes to, I guess, having, you know, so many different opinions and things, people like to, uh, you know, they like they like what they like. And I think we did a really good job with not forcing anything in there. Um, you know, it was definitely – we had some discussions about it, and um, I think we settled on the perfect hop combination. And I'm excited to see what it uh, what it tastes like. Fabio sent me a couple pictures. I haven't been able to stop by there and try it, uh, but I know we will be shotgunning a few on the canning line uh, once we're canning it 
yeah, there'll be a couple of low fills that uh, you know, we'll have to we'll have to pull those out of, out of uh, the the wholesale retail, you know, and yep. kind of test those ourselves. Yeah, you you guys are gonna have to just uh, subscribe to DC Beer to see that behind the scenes footage too. By the way, so so you got beer three is in the tanks. It's pale ale. What's next after that? Oh Great man, um, <laughs> that's something that Great Austin and question. I are actually like. You know, there doesn't have about. to be an answer now. There could just be discussion. We're we're gonna leave a little bit of mystery mm-hmm. there, but we do have a couple things up our sleeves. Um, a couple other collaborations that we're gonna do. Uh, we have. A few other styles that we want to be able to introduce, but we do understand that we've created a following and everything for the beers that we've already created uh, in Subtle Nod and Approachable Guys. So we're, we're going to see. We're going to see. Tw- right. 2024 has a lot, uh, ha- has, has yet to be seen, and we have a lot up our sleeve for that. I mean, I will say that, you know, the first thing, that I mean, it's not the next beer that we're brewing is one we've already brewed. Um, you know, with the the uh, support that we got for approachable guys, um, you know, we're we're talking about uh, brewing that again. Like I said, in the in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, and getting that ready, and then from there, you know, figuring out what the next not just one beer is, but the next two, three beers are, so that we're prepared and can go to you know our contracting partners and, and get that done, so that we're you know. You know, not running low on inventory ever and, and we have like a more uh consistent output so um yeah definitely stay tuned it'll it'll be a fun fun ride excellent see this is the kind of positivity we want in 2024 <laughs> um brewers strategizing about how they can brew more beer um, and then turn around and immediately sell it um, nothing wasted nothing sits on the shelf um, this is this is what we want to see all right and justin yes sir you- we will see you on January 27th at noon at Dynasty. Can't wait for that. Can't yeah. wait for that. We have a, uh, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good Absolutely. time. Absolutely. All right. Austin, Justin, thank you all so much. Um, we'll be chatting again soon, I believe. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Always a all pleasure. Right. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks thank for you. having us. Appreciate you. Thank you so much to Fabio for lending us his expertise. Thank you, Ethan. Thank you, Austin. Thank you, Justin. We will see you all on the 27th, Saturday, 2 p.m. Four packs available, other beers available, a DJ, food trucks. All at Dynasty Brewing in Virginia. So, yeah, go ahead and make the the trek out to Virginia. And you can learn more about the event on it again on our website at dcbeer.com slash events um, and you can also learn more about what's going on with with dc beer and all the women's brew culture events and all the other spectacular beer events we have uh by being a supporter of our patreon we have a number of partners that we have that have graciously provided a, a various discounts on taproom sales and to go sales as well so uh shout outs to all of our partners um thank you guys for your continued support and looking forward to making 2024 not only a happy new year but a fruitful new year uh get it with strange fruit and everything else hey. uh, but a fruitful new year with uh with new friends and, and and many more collaborations uh to come so yeah check us out on patreon and definitely check out the page i don't want to end the show on like a dour bummer note but i'm going to we already just had our first beer related closure of 2024 
Um, we lost a real one in Erica Goodrich and the Craft Beer Cellar. Their last day was uh, earlier this week. There will be a liquor store moving in, although when, I don't know. I hope they keep the beer focus. I hope that they have half of the beer expertise, half of the caring that Erica has for craft beer. The good news is that she's now free um, to come to more beer events, and hopefully we will, <laughs> we will see her around. Jordan, Mike, any parting thoughts on Erica on the Craft Beer Cellar? I know that you've both work, worked with her. Yeah, you know, uh, I hate to see any business go under, especially uh, I think a business that was so important to the community uh, and just, you know, 8th Street as a whole, but not just 8th Street, you know, the D.C. beer community, uh, you know, is where, you know, where, where beer nerds live and have fun, right? you know, so uh, I was fortunate to work with her throughout 2023 uh, with, you know, two different fundraising events on behalf of um, the Harper Wilder Scholarship Foundation, as well as, you know, just being able to uh, host beer tastings for the Artemis 5 release we did with uh, Astrolab Brewing, but also with the homecoming release we did with Third Hill Brewing. So she's, she's always just been a, a a great friend, great business per, uh, partner, and, and just, you know, CBC will be missed for sure. I, I actually had to grab a, a shirt so I can always wear my, my CBC merch uh, may it live on in memory, if not, uh, you know, in, in the physical space on Eighth Street. But yeah, just sad to see her go. But I am happy for you know the the next chapter of uh, of what she has coming in, and the fact that she can now come to trivia at other half. <laughs> so you know, small wins. Yeah, I'll follow that up and say I'm super excited to see Erica at the next DC Beer Share, and I don't know if it's going to be the, this next one or February, March, whenever, but we look forward to that moment. Um, 8th Street, Great Street. I still believe that. That's still true uh, in our hearts and minds. You know, Erica's freed up now, which is a wonderful thing, because I think when you're a small business owner, it's a blessing, certainly, to be in business for almost eight years, seven and a half years, Erica's been doing it. Um, But it's a burden, too, especially when what you're doing is curating so many good beers from so many different sources. Um, if you head on over to dcbeer.com, you can see what, what's been said about her from her friends and colleagues. So I'll just add briefly what Emily Brown, the beverage director uh, at Andy's Pizza, told us. Um, and she said, I believe this closing has nothing to do with how Erica ran that shop and everything to do with things entirely out of her control. There's a lot that's outside of our control in this world in our lives. And so it's important for us to keep track of what's within our control and what's not. That being said, I think uh, we have to recognize that within her control, Erica had every single Black-owned beer brand in D.C., uh, Sankofa, Solmega, Urban Garden. She really walked the walk when it came to inclusivity. If you go on the site, you can see uh, what Bill Butcher wrote about Erica. But Really quickly, he wrote that he thought Erica did great because she sent him a questionnaire with specific pointed questions that answer about views and policies against sexism and harassment. Um, And that's the world we want to live in. We want to live in a world with less sexism, less harassment, um, more inclusivity. So uh, cheers to to Erica. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you uh, at Trivia at the next share or just around town. Pints on us. Well said. Trivia. Other half, Wednesdays with Jordan. On that note, 
We are at DC Beer across the socials, dcbeer.com. Check us out. Um, thank you again to Fabio, to Strange Fruit for having us. Um, an honor to be a part of it. And we will see you around town. Happy dry January if you're drying out. And if you're damp like me, see you around.